As Michigan's most powerful and influential voice for business, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce stands ready to serve you. Go to mychamber.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-M-B-E-R.com to learn more now. So, first and foremost, Ramadan is a time for what you seek. It's a time for coming together. It's a time to support each other. It's a time to let go of bitterness and animosity and just come together as a community and do something positive for the community. And this is what you're seeing here. It's a Friday in April. There are dozens of tents with smoke floating toward the midnight sky. And there's faces filled with elation. A lot of people, different people, nice people, cultures I've seen. I've seen different kind of food that I never had before. Um, people getting together, they haven't seen each other since last year. Meeting up here, I guess it's like the meetup spot. The event is the Ramadan Sohoor Festival in Dearborn. Ramadan is Islam's holy month commemorating the first revelations of the Quran. It's a month of reflection. It's also a time when Muslims fast from sunrise to sunset. The festival serves as a place to get a final meal ahead of a day's fasting on the weekend. If there's any indication of just how beloved this event is, it's the sheer size of it. Thousands attend, and after a COVID hiatus, it took place this year for the first time in the old Sears parking lot of the Fairlane Town Center Mall. It's in the heart of the city, not too far from the Henry Ford Museum, the Ford Motor Company headquarters, and a Beaumont hospital. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot more spacious, and there's a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more uh, vendors. Dearborn being like the largest Muslim population, you know, in the United States, kind of makes it special. It's just in the heart of Dearborn, where everyone can kind of come together and put Dearborn on venue for its great food, its great community, great culture. The choice of location is about more than the crowd, however. It's an example of how the mall has expanded its reach in order to stay relevant, as other malls become empty echo chambers. Yeah, at Fairlane Mall, which is, you know, has historically, not, not like it used to be nice, and then it just it went downhill, so it's kind of reviving this area as well. It used to be bumping Fairlane, but we kind of like outgrew it and we kind of like abandoned it. Once you bring in the community and you show them that you appreciate them, they're going to shop here more. They're going to uh, be coming here a lot more. On this week's episode, we take a look at the fall of malls in Metro Detroit. And with the announced sale of Fairlane this week to a Dallas-based real estate firm, we explore the future of malls, how some are continuing to adapt and lean into their communities. I'm Kerry Jr. II, and this is On The Line. My job aspects day-to-day is uh, overseeing the entire property. That's Dan Fayette, general manager of Fairlane Town Center. It's maintenance, upkeep, uh, leases from small shop to big national retailers. We spoke with Dan before the big news broke Wednesday that Centennial Firm had closed on their purchase of Fairlane Mall. Community engagement with local officials and different organizations and nonprofits. Um, and as well as overseeing security housekeeping. We hoped to learn a little bit about what the mall's been up to lately and try to get a sneak peek of their future. 
So you're familiar with Fairlane in your neighborhood all your life. Correct. So what has Fairlane been like for you just growing up in Dearborn? What has it meant for the Dearborn community? Uh, Fairlane, to be honest with you, has a bad stigma, in my opinion. Uh, people still remember the old days, I mean, the early 2000s, when there was fighting and all the ruckus that was going on around here. Uh, but that was a bad time for our for everywhere in the nation, right? It was the, during the recession and everyone was down. That's why I always ask people. And people are always like, when, when I took the job here, and they're like, I can't believe you're really doing that. They're like, it's fairly, it's, it's, it's in receivership. It's, 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 it's a dying mall. The mall dates back to 1976. It was in receivership at the time of its sale this week, meaning a court-appointed person took control to repay debts, kind of like an emergency manager. But Fayad told us that sales had been increasing for tenants even during COVID. The mall's got three floors, and according to the city of Dearborn, it had 125 stores and an 83% occupancy rate in February. Fayad's pretty invested in it. So at Freeline itself, I started um, in October of last year, so six months. Uh, so my story kind of, but as, as the property, I've been attached to the property for 10 years. Um, okay. I started here about 11 years ago when I was 19 years old as a security officer. And so, you know, I, I too even shopped at Freeline when I was younger. I mean, I'd say it was about 10 a little maybe 12 or so years ago i would go there i wasn't frequent enough to know about the stigma around that time but i've heard the same things from some other some some residents of dearborn who've spoken about the same kind of issues that Fairlane used to have can you just take me through a brief timeline over 10 years what are the changes that Fairlane has gone through since the you know 2010s up until now uh i, I would i would say a lot of it has to do with just people growing up and the different generations we're going in right so now everyone's more on like social media and going different places, right? And also what I would, I would say was also a big change is the development of downtown Detroit and the different activities you can do. So I think that not like Fairlane was the, the only place people can go to back in the day, right? That's closest to the, to the inner city. And that's what that's, everyone did. They became like, a good, you're right. We didn't go downtown, but I'm sorry, continue. Yeah, but now, I mean, every weekend, everyone's downtown, right? With the shops and on Woodward and all that stuff that's happening down there. Of course, that's not all that's changed. There's been some good and bad. I'd say the source of all these problems for malls is online shopping. People just don't go and hang out and, and buy a lot of stuff at the malls like they did back in 1995. That's Free Press business reporter J.C. Reindel. I have a wide-ranging beat, uh, everything from residential development to the housing market to shopping malls, to car insurance. Shopping malls. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, what is the current state of shopping malls? And then how did we get here? I think there's been a big shaking out of, of shopping malls that we're going to, cons- to see continue um, as, as years go by. You know, right now, we have some shopping malls still left in the region, and they are, they're hanging on. Um, you know, we have Somerset at the, you could say, at the very top of the, the food chain. And you know, they have been losing some tenants. Um, and then other malls have closed in, in recent years. We have, we've had Northland Mall, which is rest in peace, that closed about seven years ago. And we had Eastland Mall that closed very early this year. And some other malls in the region that are visibly struggling. There may be a couple malls that, that do exist um, a decade or two from now, uh, most likely fewer than we have right now. I think that's a given. And some of the malls that are still existing are, are trying to reinvent themselves 
So which malls are trying to reinvent themselves? Oakland Mall is a good example. They have a new owner. He's a very young guy. I believe he's 31 years old. And he had a big press conference, and there's a lot of excitement. Um, he kind of said all the right things when it comes to wanting to reimagine the mall. Uh, the big question, though, is where he's going to get the money to do this and why anyone would want to invest a lot of money in, into an asset like a shopping mall. Um, so there are some skeptics out there you know, about what this, this young man can do for, for Oakland Mall, whether you know, his vision is going to come to pass. Um, you know, time will tell. We know that there's a transition at Fairlane Mall as well. What is that indicative of? What does that mean? Is it just part of the process with malls? They just shift owners? Or is that part of the effect of what we're seeing with these trends in, in malls and retailing going online? We have seen some malls where their, their owner will, will default on, on loans and not accidentally. Um, you know, that's part of their plan. These are non-recourse loans, which means they can default and walk away. And we've, we've seen that occur a few times with, with Northland and Eastland and, and Eastland Mall um, out in Harper Woods. You had one owner that walked away you know, some years ago. Then it was bought for a very cheap amount by a, a guy uh, with a firm out in New York. And I think their playbook is to buy these, these really old malls to squeeze what they can in the final years of these malls. They do sell to a completely different type of owner you know, for the mall property and an owner who wants to redevelop it. Not to use it as a shopping mall anymore, but to, to tear it down and to redevelop it as a completely different purpose. We've seen that with Eastland. Um, that's going to become some distributional warehouses, maybe some light industrial. After the break, we get into the future of Fairlane and creative ways malls still work to draw retail customers from Peppa Pig to live sharks. As Michigan's leading statewide business advocacy organization, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce is on the job every day standing up for job providers in the legislative, political, and legal arenas. We are the unified voice of thousands of members who employ over one million Michiganders. We work with trade associations and local chambers of commerce of every size and kind in all 83 counties of the state. We know business in Michigan. Learn more today about how we can protect, connect, and strengthen your business. Whether that's advocating on your behalf at the Capitol, helping meet your informational training and networking needs, or boosting your bottom line visibility and voice, we're on the job for you. Make my chamber your chamber. Go to mychamber.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-M-B-E-R.com, to learn more now. And we're back, talking with Free Press business reporter J.C. Randall about some of the strategies existing malls use to attract customers. So we've been talking about the decline in malls and the circumstances that they're in currently, and then also the financial benefits, potential benefits for some people to, to buy a mall and use it for other things. But I'm curious for those who want to keep a mall, what have you seen um, as practice to try and draw people back to that retail location? Some strategies that have appeared to have success um, in bringing some life 
into these dying malls is you will demall part of the property um, as in a, a store that may have been you know, deep inside the mall. You had to walk in to physically get to the store. Some of those stores have, have been, been moved from inside the mall to, to right outside. Macomb Mall was a good example about seven years ago. They have some, some big box retailers like a Dick's that are no longer in the mall. Um, you just kind of pull up and it's there. And you have some other stores that are no longer deep inside the mall. Um, they're right, right out there by the parking lot. As for Fairlane, in their announcement this week, Centennial said they envision a mixed-use future for the property. Centennial owns a dozen other enclosed malls in the U.S. And for Fairlane, they're looking to have some shopping, but also housing, possibly in the mall's extra parking lot space and medical-related tenants. I mean, we're just trying to become more... Uh more lifestyle usage and just adapting. Dan Fayad, the general manager at Fairlane, was already talking about the changes he was aiming for ahead of the sale closing news. So nothing has been honestly like set yet, um, and a lot is to come in the next in the months, if not years. But there's going to be a, hopefully I hear a lot of a lot of positive change. I think we're trying to work hand in hand with the city and then develop and and the neighbor and the neighboring uh, stakeholders like you have a Dearborn and then Henry Ford and even uh, the hospital, because everyone's around us. It sounds like part of that future is this cultural programming that you have going on. How does that play into your broader vision of Fairlane Mall? Because when you think of a mall, you don't really think about a cultural fest necessarily. Correct, because once you bring in the community and you show them that you appreciate them, they're going to shop here more. Now, Fairlane did start out as a mixed-use space with an ice rink, a monorail, and a theater when it first opened. There's still a theater, but more recently the mall leaned back into mixed-use in 2016. The automaker isn't using it anymore, but Fairlane did lease more than 200,000 square feet of space to Ford Motor Company for office use. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense that you will have you know, an, an office tenant that wants to, to get some, some cheap office space to go into a mall. Um, especially a, a mall where there there is a big vacancy, uh, especially you know post COVID, where you may have you know a former office tenant and they just need you know a lot less space than that, and they want to be someplace that is convenient for their employees, um, you know, someplace they could maybe walk around during their lunch hour, go to the food court. So I would not be surprised if we see more examples of what Ford has done at Fairlane Mall with with other office users around the region at other malls. So, so you haven't seen that replicated anywhere else? Yeah, I've not seen many examples of that aside from, from Ford going to Fairlane. So the Ramadan Sahur Festival occurred last month in April. And the general manager of Fairlane Mall was telling me how they put that festival on for a couple reasons. One, to embrace the Muslim culture um, and food, but also as a step toward uh, putting on more entertainment or events for the mall to draw more people there as customers. Have you seen that done by other malls? Yeah, I think you might be onto something. Great Lakes Crossing Outlets in Auburn Hills is a good example of a mall that that closed some stores and they brought in some some entertainment attractions. They wanted to create new experiences to get that foot traffic in the mall. And they recently opened, you know, right before COVID, uh, a little discovery center there. We have a Legoland open in Great Lakes Crossing. We had an aquarium that was a big deal when that opened. I think one of the, the largest 
Um, one of, if not the largest aquarium in Michigan that opened at Great Lakes Crossing. And that is probably uh, the mall that gets the, the most gold stars for trying to reimagine you know, what the mall experience should be and trying to, to bring that the foot traffic back in the mall. Yeah, I mean, I think they should revive the mall itself with better, you know, better options. Like the Foot Locker here is the best Foot Locker in Michigan, personally, I think. Maybe if they open like uh, a, a hijabi stores or stuff like that, yeah. you know, to make it for everyone. I, I don't want to go to Somerset. You know, I'd rather come here, you know what I'm saying? But also making this area more than just the mall, you know? What are the chances of getting more retail? Because when I spoke to folks, that's what they would like to see. They want to shop some more. Um, is that possible? Possibilities. I mean, there's a million possibilities. It's just uh, working with uh, new ownership, the city, and then local local ballplayers, and then figuring out a master plan for the future. But uh, the mall itself, in my opinion, will be around forever. It's just be a enhanced mall with multiple uses. Yeah, the, the future of retail uh, is very much an open question. Um, you know, right now with everything has been been going online, and one wonders, you know, how much more everything could go online. There are definitely certain categories where people will always want to buy in person. Uh, a good example is groceries. A lot of people want to still shop in person, and I think there's a lot of other examples like that. Furniture. I think there there's something to be said when you're shopping for an item like furniture. You want to see it. You know, you want to sit on that sofa. You want to see the dresser. I know we have had, you know, some increased attraction to some of the the popular, you know, smaller downtowns in Metro Detroit, like downtown Birmingham, would be a good example of of a downtown that that has had some increased interest from from unique retailers that want to set up a, an actual store there. They still feel the need to have an an in store experience for for customers, especially for for acquiring new customers. You need to have that serendipity. I w- I'm wondering just your thoughts about the idea of these entertainment draws to malls now, whether that be a cultural festival or that be an aquarium. Just It seems like there's just a new, there might be a new experience to what malls might be moving forward. Can you just speak to that? Yeah, I think we're still going to see some some popularity for malls that, that can offer novelty and, and offer a unique experience. You know, we've seen that with Great Lakes Crossing. You know, they have an aquarium there, this, this Peppa Pig world, Legoland. You can't get that anywhere else. Um, you know, those are very unique attractions, a lot of novelty, and that is drawing people there. And, and I think, you know, for, for younger generations, um, they may still, you know, grow up with some memories of going to the mall, but it'll be more for this novelty and experience. Um, but I think you're, you're going to see less of a, of a demand for, you know, just going to the mall simply to, you know, see what, what is new at Forever 21 or, or at Foot Locker. JC, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to speak with us today. Thank you for having me. Additional thank you to Dan Fayad for his time. He's the general manager of Fairlane Town Center. This episode was produced by me and Darcy Moran. Anjanette Delgado and Marianne Struman are our executive producers, and Peter Batia is our editor. The music for the show is called Fort Trumbull and was produced by DJ Lost Boy. Thanks again for listening, and if you like the show, please leave a rating and subscribe. Please share it with your friends and family, uh, and don't forget to come back next week. See you then.